Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The, the Yamcast. Yamcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. And uh, I'm looking at fun stuff today. Are you? You're looking at fun stuff yeah, today? Yeah, I'm excited to have some fun today. Are you? Looking forward I'm to I'm always looking forward to having fun. We like looking forward to talking to young adults and college students, and we actually have one in studio today. What? It's so crazy. So we like to talk about the Bible, that kind of stuff, but uh, we want to hear from you, don't we, Erica? Yeah, so if you want to reach out, you can find us on the socials at the Yamcast, or you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. At gmail.com. So you're currently playing with a mask that looks like it is see-through. Shh. It's a secret. <laughs> like, it, it looks very trans... It looks Parent. ineffective. Yes, it does. It is. It's effective, but it is to breathe through. Very breathable. <laughs> and I found it in my pocket, and I'm using it uh, on my water bottle. Not really sure. I'm just fidgeting today. Yeah, it's it's fine. I just noticed that it seemed like I could see everything. It's not. <laughs> it is. It's like it's sheer. not truly see through, but it is close. It looks. Yeah. It's just one of those masks that allows you to breathe. See, you can hear from me still. You can. It's not muffled. No. I have a hard time breathing in masks. I so I agree. I try to find Especially ways. when you go upstairs. I'm not trying oh. to get around the rules, but I'm just trying to be um, able to breathe because I have near- Life. As, I have right. near asthmatic issues when I have allergies. And so mm. that's enough about me, Erica. How about you? How's the baby coming? Um, I think fine. Great. People always ask, like, how's the baby? And I'm like, I mean, I, th- I, mean, it's, I think it's still in there and- Doing good. I don't know. Can you imagine? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Can you imagine if someone asked you that and you're like, I had it last night and I didn't know it. You're like, I think it's still there. <laughs> well, some of the kids will still ask, oh, is the baby still in there? And I'm like, yep. Does it look yep. like the baby's still <laughs> yeah. in there? Or in the words of Stanley, did I stutter? Did I stutter? All right. So I said we have a guest in studio today. You he, did. He's a young adult. He is, he is a young adult. That's all you got? You have to keep saying that about him. Uh, w- this is an individual who's a good friend of ours. He is a friend of the podcast. He's listened to at least one episode. He did not leave a review. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, but he he uh, he's in our young adult group. He also... Uh, he also ran it for a while while yeah. you were... He did. He ran MIA. It. He ran it this summer while I was doing things that were not work. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was in high school youth group when I was the youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a really deep connection. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the face that he just made for that was, no, nah, that's <laughs> not true. He was like, meh. No, really, in high school, we... He didn't have a deep connection with me, and then he came back from college, which <laughs> we're gonna get. It, we're gonna get into this whole story in a little bit, but he actually like reached out to me and wanted to chat about stuff, and so we've been hanging and discipling and chatting, doing some fun stuff. So, uh, what's your name, stranger? My name is Will Stoics. Here he is. That baritone voice. He's a natural for a podcast. I have a podcast. Oh. <gasps> He does. We, we, no, we're not allowing you to tell us what it is because we don't do those kind of things. Oh, we're not going to do a little shout out? Oh, do we want to do a shout I out? I mean. It's not a real podcast. Oh, it's not a real Oh, it's podcast. not real. Okay. 
then never mind. Good. <laughs> and I'm glad. Or is it a real podcast? And you're he just, just records and saves Monica's his computer. Pretty much. Okay. Oh. Well, then we need to get a hold of that beautiful that bean, bean footage. I was just going to say that. I knew you were. I could tell. I was I just gonna say gonna going to say the beautiful bean footage. So we're going to ask like Will that some... That <laughs> uh, Maybe. We're going to ask Will some questions. And Still playing with that. Young, ask. Turn it into like a spider. Young William Stoics is going to answer these questions as best he can. And uh, we're excited to not only get to know him, but to explain his life with you and let you learn from him about yeah. being a young adult. Yeah, I mean, we all have different paths. Our journey is definitely always different than other people's journey, but there are some similarities. So that's why I like to have different people on here to see if you can relate. Maybe some advice will will be good for you. Um, yeah. Or maybe you'll be like, wow, I'm going through that exact same thing. It's good to know you're not alone, whatever it might be. Totally. So we like to have different perspectives and different, yeah, different paths on here. So Yeah, I'm with you. So, you know, there's a number of questions I could ask you that would make this podcast way awkward right off the bat, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. We're going to go with less awkward questions that are still very informative and important. So, I er- mean, Erica. S- starting with the very basic of just tell us about yourself. Yeah. Who are you? What about me? All about you. Where are you going to college? Whatever you find to be most important. Are you in a relationship with a significant other? Those types of things. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 24 years young. Okay. He's born at a very young age. I am married. I've been married for two years. Nice. I have a dog. I go to school at Liberty Online. Okay. The best. Sorry, sure. I, oh, that's right. I that's went right. there too. <laughs> I went there too. That's right. You went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what year of is this college? Yes. Uh, technically a junior, technically a senior. The fun. In-betweener. Multiple transfers. Yep. Yeah, that does it. It's it, been three transfers. Whoa. So what schools have you gone through? Highland Community mm-hmm. College here in Freeport, Illinois. Then I went to Iowa State. And now I'm at Liberty. Okay. Nice. And what are you studying? Theology. It's a big uh, plus. I like that. Studying God. (laughs) Studying God is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a good thing. What is uh, your favorite class that you've had so far? That's a good question. (laughs) That's what we do here. We ask really good questions. He's like, none of them. He's like, I really don't like He's any like, to of be my honest. classes. Yeah, honestly, my first classes were not great. Well, okay, so then let's let's <laughs> Like take the it. first classes at Liberty or first classes at... I at Liberty. At I Liberty? think everywhere. The first classes at everywhere haven't necessarily been great. So let's, let's lean into that for just a second. Mm-hmm. Is school in your mind, and this will probably be helpful for young adults, is school in your mind just a means to an end, or is it something that you feel you're excited about doing and being a part of? It depends on the class. Okay. But you haven't had any good ones yet, so up to this point, it's just been a means to an end. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> have you always, like, have you been a dread school type of person? Like, you don't enjoy it, just get through it kind of a thing? Until now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, now I think that I'm more interested in what's going on. I care, but I used to just not that care helps. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what has 
changed that for you? Like what makes you a little more interested in it now? <laughs> Listening to God's calling. So doing what he's asked you to do. Huh? So <laughs> once, once you started listening to what God was asking you to do, things started to come to life for you a little bit. Yes. That is fantastic. And I would highly recommend that to all the young adults right? out there. So take it away. You got some really good questions. Well, I mean, just going off of that. Yeah. So like where, and kind of going into the next question, but like where were you and then what did God call you to that changed things? Ooh, this is a fun journey to go down. Mm-hmm. That's so. the point of this podcast. <laughs> well, we want to hear the journey. <laughs> let's, let's do it. <laughs> where should I begin then? See. After high school. Okay. I so graduated. Good. I said goodbye, Chris. Yes, you did. And I went to Highland. Um, and at Highland, I thought I was going to be a mass communication major studying film and audio. Okay. And then I was like, you know, there's this cute girl I'm going to start dating. We started dating. Uh, and then she moved to Iowa State. And I was like, well... Iowa State doesn't have that program. (laughs) (laughs) Very practical, yeah. And I was like, you know what? You know what makes money? I'm going to be an engineer. This Mm, is one of the biggest engineering schools in the area. And I went there, and God was like, you don't know how to do math. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I kind of overlooked that detail. Yeah, I love how God is the one that had to tell you that. That's so (laughs) good. You don't know math. So then what happened? Uh, Then I started working at a juvie, a juvenile detention center. Oh. Which I think at some point we need to do a podcast of just him sharing juvenile detention. I think that would be great. Some of these stories are fantastic. Keep going, though. I don't know if I legally can share some of them. You know, that's true. That's (laughs) actually a really good point. What did you do there? That's a good point. I was called a TCM, which is a uh, teacher, counselor, and mentor. Okay. Um, So it wasn't a straight-up juvenile detention center. It was a behavioral rehabilitation center. So it was more like a bunch of, it sounds bad, but juvenile delinquents living in a dorm. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of had to work them through group therapy, um, just general tasks of how to like cook their own dinner sometimes. And then just a bunch of activities. Sometimes those kids got very wild. They got punched in the face once. I can imagine. Yeah. And then I was like, for me, I was like, this feels right. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch my major again, and I'm going to become a parole officer. And I was like, no, what I liked about this was working with kids and actually mentoring them and helping mm-hmm. them change their life. And I was like, God's actually calling me to the ministry, not to juvie. Yeah, right? Yeah. I love how you felt bad that you called them juvenile delinquents, whereas that's probably the most nice way yeah. It could refer. be, yeah. Yeah. So part of what I love about your story that I want to share with young adults and have them think through is I want them to notice the circuitous route that you took <laughs> in the midst of that. And not not in a bad way, but just that you were you were sure about something, which is a someone that we'll get to in a little bit here. And that someone drove you to another place and another degree. That degree drove you to another degree. Mm-hmm which in the middle of that was this amazing experience you had with young adults or in this case, pre-adults, I suppose, right? Teenagers. Yeah. 
And then that teenage, you know, these experience with these teenagers made you go, man, I really want to mentor people and be a part of that, which then drove you to the last part of the journey, at least at this point, which is you want to go into ministry. Yeah. And work with young adults. So if you're like a young adult and you're in college and you've changed your major a couple times and you still don't feel like you figured it out, join the club. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of us out there that have done this. I, it took me seven years to get my undergrad. and I That's was, a long time. It was brutal. <laughs> I'm pushing on that. Yeah, I know. This, so I'm just giving us all hope here. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Good good job, you guys. <laughs> Way to stick with I it. Love, I love Erica's first response was like, belittling and harsh. Well, and I guess my <laughs> thing is, is I didn't have a family. I did not have a significant other. Like I didn't have any of those things, which then all I'm doing is focusing on sure. my degree. Right. So yeah. I, I know what you meant. No, was, I know. It was I was funny just yeah. to say it that way. But I, in my case, I went to school to become a pastor left to do something else. Not sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Then went to school here for a little bit at, at Highland home of the Cougars. So great. And then uh, after a couple of years of that, took a year off of school while I interned here, realized I definitely wanted to be in, in the youth ministry and had a calling toward it and was successful at some parts of it, and then went on to finish the degree while I worked for a church full-time. So yes, there, there's a slightly different situation yeah, very much so. with me, but I did change majors like twice in there, and I wasn't really sure what to do and how to do this whole thing. So, so if you're thinking like, man, I'm just floating out here, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm lost... And your parents are maybe saying that to you too. Get it together, you know, like saying all those things. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you? What ever, are you going to do with your life? Are what you, you ever yeah. going to accomplish anything? Are you capable of actually finishing a degree? Uh, those are fun comments to hear, and uh, when you hear those things, and you actually don't know in the moment, right? So. Correct. And in my case, you know, I was valedictorian in my high school class, and I was working at Walmart, and someone actually told me, "Weren't you valedictorian of our class?" And you're like, "Thanks for yep. that, but What are you doing here at Walmart? And I was like, "That's awesome." You're like, I'm making money is what I'm doing. I wasn't even really doing that. Oh, well, then never mind. So I got nothing. nothing. So that's good news for people. So that that part of the story is necessary for people to hear. Well, I think what's cool, too, is, yeah, it's the the girl that, yeah, we're going to talk about, but that brought you to this other place. And then something not even really related to school, right, is what brought about what you're passionate about. So... Mm -hmm. Following some of those little things is what ends up bringing about your actual calling. So, Amen. Yeah. So you said you're married, and yes. you said you moved to Iowa State to change degrees to be close to this person. Uh, is that the same person? Yes. I, I know I know the answer. It's for <laughs> the, po- make sure, yeah, it's for the podcaster. Because in other stories, like mine, for example, that person wasn't the person yeah. that you would expect it to be, and <laughs> things weren't a little crazy. So that's awesome. But that worked, that panned out. That wasn't just a, yeah. you know, a little fling. Rabbit trail. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a much sadder story. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I did those things. I got my calling, but like, I don't have the girl no more. So <laughs> crazier things have happened. I mean, I have friends who, as young adults, are on, they're like getting ready to walk down the aisle a couple of days later and they just know it's wrong mm. and they call the whole thing off. And then turn into just amazing husbands and, and dads down the road to a totally different situation. So it is sad, but at the same so time, so much better it's also to do it then. 
<laughs> than after. I tell you people know? that. In, I think I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I actually tell people that in premarital counseling. My first job is to break you up because I'd rather have one more failed relationship than a failed marriage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think couples appreciate that when I first start with them. They, they usually prob- laugh yeah. uncomfortably. Yeah, think it's funny and you're like, I'm not kidding. And I'm like, I'm serious about this. This is so. war. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is war. Have you heard of The Love Dare? No, I'm just kidding. The Love Dare. Great movie. Ish. So, <laughs> next question is, so how how was your transition from high school to adulthood? Or to college, like how would how would you say that transition went for you? Oh, terribly. <laughs> um, yeah, after I graduated high school was probably the most depressing time of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was struggling with hurt from the church mm-hmm. at that time, and um, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life, and so I was just kind of existing. Um. I think I put a lot of hope in youth group instead of my actual faith. Mm. So when I left, I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. How how far do you want to go into the hurt, the hurt from the church conversation? Because I think that would be, I think that's where a lot of young, young adults, adults find themselves. Yes. So I can go as far as I can. Okay. As far as you want. So what were... And I'm asking that because I, I want permission before we ask these questions. So what were some of the ways in which you were hurt by the church? Um, and you don't have to use names, just flowery descriptions of what may or may not have been. So, I think there is a lot of people who said hurtful things in the name of Christ Yeah, that weren't really effective. Leaders or students or student leaders? Mm. I think mostly leaders. I think all of my problems with students were just they all thought we were friends and we weren't. But mm. And that's a harsh reality for a young adult. Yeah. I think everybody is in high school and they have friends in youth group or at school and they think we're just going to be friends forever. Yeah. And then they realize this is so shallow. There's nothing to this. It's not going to stay. Yeah. So, so leaders said things that hurt and the wounds were pretty deep. From the church. Yeah. Now were these, now that you look back on them, were they 100% legit or was some of it perception from you that was harboring bitterness or angst that wasn't really as, and it's okay either way. I'm just. I think their idea was right. Just their heart and execution was completely wrong. Okay. So like what? Trying to spur a young will on and doing it all the wrong ways or do they think they were encouraging? Do they think they were trying to keep you accountable or was it just um, failed? Well, there was a moment where I, you know, was vulnerable and I was explaining what was kind of going on with my life. And then instead of, you know, helping with that, it flipped on the opposite side of being like, well, then you're not like worthy of being a leader. Mm. So you have to quit everything. Mm. Yeah, that's not that's not what it should be about. <laughs> Which I think if you're working with young adults and especially if you're working with high school students and I don't I, I don't get these things right hardly at all. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not speaking here as some sort of moral authority on this. We need to be very careful with the wording that we're using and what we're communicating and I think we need to be clear in what we're saying and doing and coming alongside of 
rather than merely holding account to. Would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah, coming alongside rather than just being like, all right, well, then I guess you're done, you know? And Yep. Because if somebody is being vulnerable with you, you need to take that very, very lightly. Like, not lightly, but like... Seriously. Yeah, seriously. You don't... You do not just come in and basically discount like what they're saying or feeling or like your discipline of it should be so far from your mind, you know? Right. And even if you're older and wiser, and even if you're right, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, it matters to some extent that you, you are choosing to phrase things in such a way that you actually are helping an individual rather than not. So how much of that led then into when you were helping with the juvenile detention center Mm. that it sort of sparked in you of, oh, we could do this differently. Yeah, I think when people think of juvenile delinquents, they just kind of give up on them. Mm. They're just like, they're just going to be in the system like the rest of their family. I think it kind of changed my mind of, um, yeah, they did some, some of them did terrible things in their past, but they still have value and they can still be encouraged and be able to grow into young leaders. Sure. That sounds a lot like the gospel. Right. <laughs> well, and you just realizing that that's yeah. not your job there to be like, you did some bad stuff and like continually telling them like you did some bad stuff. Like you're just there to, to let the next part of their life be different, you know? Yeah. And there'd be no growth if you just demeanored them. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, like that's the world that we live in. Right. I mean, I, I was thinking about this, Yesterday, when I was actually thinking about us having this conversation, so many people in the church think that they are maybe owed an explanation in something, or they think that they're owed the whole truth. Mm. And what they end up doing is tearing down the person that they want the whole truth about, rather than finding a way to build that person up. Or an individual has done something horrendous, and we just, we, we even as the church spend time reminding them of that, rather than pointing them in another direction and saying, this doesn't need to define you. Let's go. And too often that thing that's defining them, it takes another church down the road speaking into it for them to realize, Oh, this is all messed up. And that was the gospel, but this church wasn't really preaching the gospel well. And what I find crazy is when a gospel believing church actually promotes the gospel and maybe says things like, you don't need to know the whole story because it's not really your responsibility People then freak out and are so mad and they leave and they just, or they, you know, they just sling stones at the church and it's like, no, we're actually doing what would honor people and treat them well. Like we're trying to be consistent gospel speaking churches, but anyway, sorry, hobby horse. No, you're fine. Or high horse maybe. Well, I think that's what it is. A lot of the times we, it becomes very legalistic rather than a relationship. It becomes more about. Or, or even what it can look like, because I wonder if that's what it a lot of times was with the youth too. Like, this could look really bad if this person who just said he, they were doing these things is in leadership. Sure. Whereas actually it looks great to have that person who is in leadership, who maybe did things, be open about it and talk about it sure. and then move through that rather than, I mean, it's kind of like cancel culture in a way. You know, like it's canceling yep. them instead of let's move through it and let's learn from it and let's be human together rather than I'm going to judge you. Right. You know, 
I want to be clear. I didn't do anything terrible. No, I'm not I saying didn't. that. No, you didn't. I would just, well, I know. You but. didn't at all. But I'm saying that same message to That's those like delinquents yeah. speaks just as highly to the church. And so, yes, if that was coming across that I'm saying you did something terrible, I'm not. I'm saying that message is so beautiful that the church needs to take that into account as well and go, are we a, a church that forgives and, and moves through problems mm-hmm. rather than slinging stones? That's all I was saying. So how did you, so we kind of talked a little bit about having the hurt from the church. Like, how did you, because now you're back here, you know, like, how did that transpire? (laughs) So, um, again, going to Iowa, um, even though I was at that point engaged, about to get married, I think I was still just in a really dark space of not knowing what I want to do, not really trusting God at all. Um, But we went to a church called Cornerstone, and um, the irony in this is Annika's family forced her to go the first time because she didn't want to go to any of it, and so then she made me go. And um, it wasn't really the lesson, but just being in a space where people are actually loving and showing Jesus's love just completely changed everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is what, like, I'm, I feel at home. Like this mm-hmm. is where I'm supposed to be and, um, what I'm supposed to be doing. And how did, I mean, you said her name, Annika, your wife, how did she help navigate this with you? Cause I mean, I know you said she didn't want to go, but I know she also went to youth group and things too. And so how did, yeah, how did she help navigate that with you? <laughs> um, or were you both kind of in the same boat and this kind of all happened together at the same time? She more didn't want to go because someone told her to go. Okay, okay, <laughs> I get that. Um, but, yeah, she was pushing me, I think. She's the main reason why I'm back and changed is because she was always constantly pushing me to be better. Which so, is, you know, sometimes annoying, but also amazing. Yeah. It's both and. It's both. Yeah. It is. It is. It's so let's, both and, yeah. let's talk about her. I know you have some questions leading into that. So you've mentioned her name at this point. When did you guys meet? How long have you been together? Both dating and you said two years married, but how long altogether? Hmm. So we met in like middle school youth group. Sure. And we were just kind so of. Way back. Yeah. <laughs> We were just kind of friends, and then she didn't come that much during high school. And then one day, when our old youth pastor was leaving, I was like, I got to meet with him because we were, you know, good friends at that point at a coffee shop where she worked at. And uh, I just saw her, and for some reason, I was like, I'm going to shoot my shot. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I just, you, <laughs> you know, just thought that I just thought about it. it. And then uh, we started dating. Um, yeah. And it just grew from there. And then we got engaged and then married. So do you know like how long all oh, of it has been? Yes. It's been like six or seven years. Okay. That's a long time. Maybe five. I don't know. But still, that's even a long time. I, I think the fact that you're struggling with how long it's been 
is only going to win you points in the long run when she went listens to this podcast. I don't think it's going to get you in any trouble whatsoever. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the exact date that we started dating is in our calendar. Oh, so there you go. So there you go. You have a reminder. Got a fall right? Back. Yeah, not the year, but sure. The mm-hmm. date. The date. That's Which is all what's good. important. And I love that you decided to shoot your shot because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah, who said that? Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. Well, he, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> quoting, he's quoting Wayne Gretzky, which I don't even think Wayne Gretzky said it. It's such a great part of that episode. So, yeah, so that's a sweet story. I mean, that's also, hey, advice to anybody out there, as we just quoted yeah. three different people. Sure. Whoever said it. Who knows? Gandhi? I don't know. Um, <laughs> just kidding. That sounds like something Gandhi would say. He had, You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, you, you have nothing to lose. And it goes back to our dating episode and some of the other relationship episodes we've had where you are so freaked out about asking the question. Sometimes just asking the question is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And even if you get shot down, what's the worst that's going to happen? That's what you were thinking. Yeah. I also want uh, want everyone to know that there was a lot of failed shots beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like I dated one person and then, you know. Sure. And the rest is history. Sure. No, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. So Annika is her name. Yes. It's your wife. Yes. Married two years. Living in the mighty city of Freeport. Yes. Back being a pretzel. Yes. For you. <laughs> She was not a pretzel. No. No, she was not. Was she a wolf? You wolf and wild cat, I guess. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah, EPC. No one on the podcast cares. No, they don't. All right, so <laughs> it's we'll okay. Move it's on. okay. We'll move on from that. So, she? so well, also, just want to, I like that she spurred you on. And I know that you said that there's parts of that, that were annoying, which I think if you're in a relationship, there's always, what they're saying is true and you're like, I don't want to hear it even though I know it's true um but because she got into dating you knowing that you you know we're in youth group and whatnot but we're also going through this difficult time which is crazy to think about and that she just had faith that it would all end up panning out and it did which is really cool on her side of it too so that's pretty awesome so what are you doing now What's, I mean, I know we talked a little bit, but like, yeah, what are you, what are you doing now? Um, well, I'm still in the process, you know, trying to figure everything out with life and stuff, but I currently am a youth ministry assistant and I'm working in youth ministry and I help, uh, Chris here with young adults Mm -hmm. and it's all just kind of trying to get somewhere while I finish my degree. Mm -hmm. Because you can't work a job without experience. It's very true. Yeah. But you also can't have experience if you're in school. It's so hard. (laughs) Which is part of the reason why if you are a young adult and you're thinking about ministry as a possibility, if you are not actively involved in your campus ministry or you are not actively involved in the church you're attending, we as youth pastors and pastors are always looking for people to sort of I don't want to say it like creepy, like take under our wing, <laughs> but, but really we are yeah, it's a disciple. Yeah. So right now, Alex and I are both spending some time with you, just trying to show you the ropes, show you what, you know, ministry really looks like getting you behind the scenes, 
showing you the fun parts, the not so fun parts and giving you all that so that when you graduate, you are ready with some experience in your pocket and someone's going to say, Hey, what have you done? And we'll both give high references for you. And you'll also have, you know, X amount of months or years under your belt of, no, I've been working in this student ministry in mm-hmm. this way. And this is on my resume. I've, you know, I've, I've been a youth ministry assistant and this is what it looks like. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So get involved with somebody and find out what it would take to learn from them and to be guided in that. I have not met a single crew leader or university leader or nav leader or church leader that doesn't want to have somebody volunteer some time and learn from them. And if you are one of those leaders and you're not actively finding somebody to volunteer <laughs> their time under you, get started. Yeah, maybe you should do that. It's called discipleship. Let's go. All right. So the transition high school to adulthood, super easy for you, it sounds like. It was a breeze. Like a yes. nice, easy road. No. You know, you're 24, you said? Yes. So you're 24 years old. The last six years, just amazing. Thumb, two thumbs up the whole time. Absolutely. Great. Moving on. All right, we're done. No. <laughs> so what have been some of the toughest parts of this transition? What have been some of the things that have been eye-opening for you? Ooh. Moving from childhood to adulthood. We don't need to get into my childhood here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need to. Um, I think the hardest part is... Um, Not depending on God caused a lot of depression and anxiety in my life, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, tailspins everything else out. Um, but I think the highlights of that are when you actually take things seriously and actually depend on God, um, like how um, Paul says in Philippians 4, uh, your life does change. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying everything's perfect and amazing, but there's a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and can when, be joyful when everything sucks. Yeah, be joyful when everything's terrible, and be don't be anxious in anything. Like those little words that Paul says there, we all think of them as just like throwaways. Maybe he's right. That's not to say that you can necessarily stop anxiety just by not thinking about it, mm-hmm. but it does help to rely on the Lord and walk with him in that regard. So I think that's actually my favorite part of your testimony, and we'll put this on the podcast because why not? Uh, in our discussions, working through some of the stuff that you're working through, it's been really helpful to watch you grow in confidence and in trusting of the Lord in the midst of all the stuff that you've gone through and been through and even the the emotional elements and the mental elements of it all. So it's fun to watch you come to life and that become part of your testimony that I think is going to be very useful for high school kids, middle school kids, young adults down the road. Even it's already being used as a, in a helpful way, but I'm, I'm excited to watch that testimony keep multiplying and and growing in that way. So it's a good job. Keep it up. Keep going. And I think it's really good to hear because I think lots of young adults are finding themselves hurt by the church and not able to find a way back. And so I think it's really helpful for us to hear somebody who was and then has now come back and actually wants to work in the place that, you know, kind of caused a lot of pain. I mean, in a lot of ways too, that's like, I would rather make it better. Right. Like I don't, I don't want 
that same thing to happen to other people, like that can kind of be your a driving yeah. motivation too. I think one of the greatest things for anyone who's actually like struggling with the church is to find a church that you like and just find someone you can almost like cling on to and have them help you uh, just kind of navigate the church. Cause I think a lot of people who are young adults just go to church and they get lost in the crowd. And I think you really need someone to connect with and um, just kind of do life with that's going to actually help you. Yeah. So like, yeah, actually help you dissect the things that are going on to listen to you, to help figure out all of those things. Cause yeah, if you just come on Sunday and you don't have actually that dialogue with anyone you're just taking in and you're not able to actually like get any of your angst or issues out. So finding someone is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're not actively looking for that person, be praying that God would bring that person into your life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I loved you guys moved back because of COVID. (laughs) Yes. So like our first conversation when you came back was basically, I don't know what I'm going to do. My whole life is up in the air. And by the way, I'm back in the place that I don't exactly want to be. So what do I do now? Like that's a, that's not exactly how you said it, or I'm, I'm making you sound worse than you really are. Uh, no, I think it's a little bit more <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> you were screaming wildly with your hands in the air, like, I don't know what's going on. But it's been beautiful watching the conversations that we've been able to have and to lean into some of these things and actually talk these things through, both to hopefully redeem the church's name in some ways and also to call a spade a spade and say, yeah, that shouldn't have been said or that shouldn't have been done. I'm so sorry, you know. Um, which as a person who works with leaders, not always knowing what all of your leaders are saying or doing is not always the most helpful thing, but we can't Mm -hmm. control things as much as maybe we would like to. And sometimes I've even been the one that has said things that people misunderstood. I'm not necessarily saying this is true of you, but it might be, I don't know. Um, we haven't gotten to that part of the story yet. Uh, <laughs> it's know, coming. No. Yeah, Will's like, well, we're going to talk next week about that, Chris. <laughs> but, I, but I've had students come back to me years later and say, you know, I'm really hurt by this comment that you said. And when we dig into it, that's not at all what I was meaning to say or how I even managed to come across. Um, so that first part of the episode where I said, you know, if you're a college leader or a young adult leader, be very careful or a youth pastor, be very careful how you're saying things. I'm saying that just as much to myself because over the years I've been amazed at how deeply my words have hurt people when I never intended them to. Um, even when I was just being funny or thought I was being funny, it was you know it really wasn't funny You're at like, all. Yeah, Erica's like, fun. "Thank you, for Chris, for finally admitting that." Yep. No. <laughs> hey, listen here, you. Uh, no, but I mean, in the middle of all this, our words have serious mm-hmm. meaning, serious consequences, and we need to be processing you know what we're really saying and, and how it's coming across. So. Oh yeah. It's good. I mean, because I have come to you when there's been things, and that's the thing too, is if somebody says something and it deeply hurts you, like, please let them know, Um, because I know that, yeah, we've had that where you've said things and then I am like, that sucked, and then I come to you and 
Why are you airing the dirty laundry of the podcast <laughs> right here? But like, it's real life. But this is how real. Then, this is how real relationships work. Yes. Whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a podcast co collaborator, right? And an extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, but like, and and how that person takes it is huge as well. And you've always taken it with grace. And like, mm. I'm a, I'm I'm actually when I come to you with a grievance, <laughs> I usually learn. I'm like, that's how I need to take those grievances because I gotcha. usually don't. I get defensive, right? So. Anyways, um, which is after many years, by the way, of being very defensive. Right. Okay. So that's what it is. Yeah. I'm just way older than all of you. And so (laughs) I've learned so much more and I've become, and I, I I was about to say something really stupid, but what I'm, what I am saying is true. I have actually grown more humble as the years have gone on because a, I've finally understood that I'm not the greatest thing since sliced bread and B it's okay to admit that you were wrong Mm -hmm. and to try to make something right. That is true with my spouse. That is true with my children. That is true with my students and youth group. That is true with the young adults that we work with. That has been true of people in this mm-hmm. room. So except for James, I'm never wrong when I fire barbs at James, <laughs> who is in the room yeah. right now listening to this conversation. So, Will, any thoughts, last words, things that you think about? Nice. What would I say to a young adult? What are the words of wisdom that that the young Will Stoics would like to bestow upon us? Uh, If you're transitioning from high school to young adult, my first thing would be to actually uh, sit down and um, look at your faith and see if you're more dependent on your youth group or if you're more dependent on your faith. And if you're a young adult who's lost in the world, reach out to someone. Because people do care. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That's good. It's good advice. It's a great thing to end on. Well, that, folks, will end this episode. And uh, thanks so much for coming, Will. Yeah, Will. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you. It's good. Well, everybody, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great week. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the Yamcast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com.